Welcome everybody to Ramsey's Rock and Roads. My name is Scott Ramsey. A lot of you know me from Ramsey Asphalt, and some of you know me from Paving Paradise. And we've kind of, I've kind of wanted to see about going out, doing my own thing here. And Justin and I are still really good friends, but you know, I kind of want to focus on service, focus on questions that you guys might have, and and really, really be definite about what we're doing here. So I want to say. Uh, Thank you to Isabella. Shout out to thank you to Isabella. Great name. And uh, I'm here with my comrade, longtime friend, Shane Springer. And we're going to do this question answer. This is going to be the pilot and question answer. Later future episodes won't be Q&A. But for this one, just to get the ball rolling, I'm going to try to spend about 30 minutes here and go from there. So and we want to also put a shout out to the Santa Maria City Library, beautiful place. That's where we're at today. So Shane, let's take it away. Alrighty. Welcome everybody. Uh, so Scott, how did you start uh, the business? Well, start in the business in or the business. start the business? Start, start in, the, in business. the business. Okay. Well, I don't think I can say that. And uh, I don't think we have enough time today for that. But anyway, I'll give you guys, I'll give you guys a short version. Um, and uh, the reason why, I also, let me backtrack a little bit. The reason why we're starting out with this is because even Paving Paradise hasn't put out any any podcasts or YouTube videos for a while now, and I'm still getting calls from guys. I'm still getting emails from folks, and most of them are are about starting a business and the struggles we go through, and that's why we're going through Q and A this time. And I I think it I think it'll be helpful. So anyway, how I started in the business, well. Being a teenager, as we all were teenagers at one time in our lives, I got into a little bit of trouble. And my dad at the time was working in Fresno for PG&E, which he still works for PG&E. But he, at this point, he was working in Fresno. And he said, hey, Scott, I can't have you at home with your mom and your sisters. And, and uh, so you got to go help your grandpa. And I'm 12 years old at the time. I'm in, I'm just, I'm in the middle of my eighth grade year, Fessler Junior High. And I think, oh, God. I can't be at home after school, weekends, Easter, whatever. I'm out there with my grandfather who had a small seal coating and striping company. At this time, now we're talking about the early 90s, actually 1990, 1991. At this point in time, he was only striping, really. And seal coating and patching didn't come until later. So anyway, here I am, this kid, and I hated every second of being out there. I hated the smell. I hated the black. I hated, I hated having to come home at night and clean myself with gasoline. But I did what my dad said. I mean, he ruled by the iron fist and, you know, by God, I had to do it. And I hated every second of it. And the one thing I realized early on, and this was nothing, nothing against my grandfather, but, you know, his idea of the labor pool was, he liked hiring guys that, you know, maybe they were a little bit of the sketchy sorts. You know, some kind, sometimes drugs, alcohol were involved. And, but these guys were very loyal. They'd work hard for two or three days, and then we wouldn't see them for two days. Then they'd come back and work hard for two, three days, then we wouldn't see them for a couple of days. So this went on, this went on for, for years. And as I'm learning and growing in the business, I still hate every second of it. Um, and during this point in time, my goals and aspirations in life, I actually wanted to get into law enforcement. I mean, I was the, the guys I was working with, what are you going to do when you grow up, Scott? And keep in mind, I'm just a kid at this time. 
uh, you know, and I would actually tell these guys, hey, I'm going to become a law enforcement officer and I'm going to come back and arrest your ass. You know, all joking aside, at the time I was probably pretty serious, but, you know, all joking aside, um, you know, it, uh, you know, but that's really what I wanted to do, because go into law enforcement. So as time goes on, I get a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better at what I'm doing in the seal coating and striping. And my grandfather, when we were on certain jobs, I noticed that my grandfather wouldn't let me work. And I would go to him and I would ask him, hey, why, why wasn't I on that job yesterday? Or, you know, why did you leave me at the shop sweeping the floors? And, and he would say, oh, Scott, you couldn't be out on that job. These guys, these guys work too hard. You'll just be in the way. So I realized, I, I realized if I want to be out there on the jobs, I have to learn how to work pretty much like a method works. I have to learn how to work like these guys on drugs work. Otherwise, I don't get to work. So I did. I did. I trained my body. I trained my mind. And I, 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 I worked every day to work like those guys. Then the day came. An opportunity came around where we were on a Saturday job. And this is back in the day when all of you guys from Santa Maria will remember when Stowasser was over on Broadway and Alvin. Now they're over on Bitteravia. But um, we were doing the Stowasser building. And two of these crackhead, methhead guys didn't show up for work. Saturday and we have Saturday Sunday to get the seal coat job done and striping done and all of my fellow seal coat guys out there You know how this goes. You've got Saturday Sunday and by God Monday it better be opened up So these guys didn't show up and my grandfather was freaking out He's like, oh my god, what are we gonna do? And I said, hey, don't worry. I'll get it done. Oh, Scotty You don't know what you're doing. This is and I said, hey, trust me here Step back. Let me let give me an opportunity. Let me let me get it done And he did he actually I'm still 14, 15 years old at the time, and he did. He took a step back, and me and one other guy, we cleaned this place, we crack-filled this place, we seal-coated it, and we striped it, me and another guy. And, I mean, we probably worked 48 hours in two days to get this thing done. I mean, we literally killed ourselves to get this job done, but we got it done. That was really the turning point of my career where I actually realized I was good at something. Growing up, I was never good at sports. I, I'm actually surprised I graduated from high school. Uh, I think they just gave me my diploma just to get me out of Santa Maria High. But um, yeah, I, I, there was nothing I was ever really good at until this day of awakening. And let me backtrack a little while before that we were on another job, a school job here in, here in Santa Maria. And my grandfather sent one of the guys down to go get, get some sodas and Gatorade at the, at the local liquor store. While he was gone, there was, there was a fender bender, something happened, and my grandfather left me on the job. And all we were doing was striping, and I was sitting out there, it seemed like, for hours. The whole job was laid out, snapped out, and, and all we had to do was stripe. So I'm just looking at the job as any young kid would be tempted. I mean, I'm looking at all these nice toys and I'm super tempted. And I said, you know what? I have nothing to do. I'm going to go try to stripe one line. I never striped before in my life. I'm going to go stripe one line. And I did. And that one line, and all of you, my fellow guys out there striping, these schools are very, very, very thin lines. And they're a little, they're a little complicated. Hopscotches, tetherball, four squares. So I striped my first line, it came out straight. I looked back at it and it came out straight. So I did my second one. 
then the third one, then a fourth one. Then I went to the basketball court. And I, every line I did, it got better and better and better. By the time my grandfather got, got back with the sheriff and the employee that went to go get Gatorade, I had almost three quarters of this whole place striped. And my grandfather just about died. He died in disbelief. He said, oh my God, what did you do here? And then he started looking around and it was actually really, really cool. So this was really a pivotal point in my life where I realized I was actually really good at something. And it wasn't until a couple years later where I had a concept of money because at this time point in time, I'm just a kid. I don't really have a concept of money or bills. I still, I still live at home. I still have food on the table when I get home. I have a roof over my head. I have no bills. I have no car. I have no license. I have no concept of money. A couple years go by. And then I, and then I grasp the concept of money and bills and buying a car and fixing a car and keeping a car running. And, and then I realized that, okay, one, I'm pretty good at this thing called asphalt, seal coating, striping. And two, I can actually make a pretty good living with this job. So I go to my dad who remember my dad's the one that got me into the business as, as via, via punishment. I go to my dad and I tell my dad, I said, dad, I'm going to drop out of school. I'm going to go full time into, into seal coating and striping. And he and I didn't see eye to eye at that point in time. And he told me I would be a loser. He told me that, uh, you know, as any good father would, that's a bad choice. <laughs> you drop out of high school, you're not going to become anything in life. And I said, no, give me a chance. I'll prove you wrong. Just like I did with my grandfather. Give me a chance and I'll prove you wrong. So he and I argued and fought about it. The story goes way more in depth than that, but I'm not going to get into it. But he, he disagreed. I pretty much told him, dad, let me prove you wrong. I'm going to prove you wrong. So instead of dropping out of high school, I thought about it and I thought, yeah, maybe my dad's right. Maybe he knows a little bit more than I do. So I decided not to drop out of high school. That probably would have been a bad deal. So I did something probably just as good or just as bad, whatever, however you want to look at it. I go to Santa Maria High School and I say, hey, I'm going to go on independent studies. Because I was, you no, know, everyone's like, Scott, you're never going to finish that. You're going to, it's going to be up to you to go to school. I say, yep, sure enough, it's going to be up to me to go to school. And so sure enough, I did. I went, I went on independent studies. I continued working. Um, so I got my seal coating and striping experience working for my grandfather. Then once I became of legal age to actually be able to work, which is right around 16, 17 years old, got a work permit. And during the winter time, I had the opportunity to go work for a company in Buellton, uh, my beloved Midco Construction. I worked for John and Greg Hampson, and that's where I got my grading and paving experience. And my grandfather was a type, he was very old school. He didn't like to put a lot of money into equipment and every job was a struggle. I mean, I was a half-time mechanic and a half-time seal coder. And you guys know what I'm talking about. I'd spend half my time seal coding and then the other half of the time I'd be there out there fixing the seal buggy or something. But then I went to work for Midco and they were all about the systems. They were all about, they knew how many hours they were gonna get out of that paving machine before they needed new tracks on it. They knew how many hours they were gonna be able to put on that Craftco crack filling machine before they had to put new burners on it. John Hampson was a wizard. Um, they gave me an opportunity. They pretty much gave me carte blanche and they said, Scott, when you're not working for your grandfather, 
you come down and work for us. We don't want to call. We don't want you to ask us. You just show up, whatever days you're not working for your grandpa, you just show up down here and we'll find something for you to do no matter what. So it was a, it was, it was great. And, and it, and it all goes back to what my dad and my grandfather had instilled in me of just the work, the work, the work, the work. And that's what's opened up a lot of opportunities for me is just working hard. I, I don't really have any other way of saying it. The old cliche of coming to America, these immigrants come to America. And as most of you guys know, the Korean family that moves to the U.S., that migrates to the U.S. is 80% more likely to become millionaires than U.S. citizens are that are born here in the U.S. The reason is, is because they come here with that burning desire to work really, 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 really hard. And that's all I've ever done in my career is I've just worked hard. And these opportunities, opportunities have opened up for me. So here I am. Uh, I'm on independent studies, working for my grandfather, seal coating and striping, and working for Midco. And, and I, I'm, I'm loving the experience because I'm a young kid and I'm getting, I'm not even 18 years old yet, and I probably have the experience of a 30-year-old person. And at the time, I didn't realize that, obviously, but looking back on my life, I mean, that's probably very, very true. And so... I graduate high school. I, I, I walked in one day to the school and they said, you're finished with your credits. And I said, okay, great. What's next? And they say nothing. They said, do you want your diploma now or do you want to graduate on stage in June? And I said, nope, give it to me right now. And I walked out the door and never looked back. I wasn't going to school with any kids. So what's the point of me graduating on stage? Got my diploma, called my dad, got my diploma, told you so. Anyway, we chuckled about it for a little bit. And then I kept working and so right now it's about 1997, I'm probably 17 years old. And I go to my grandfather and I say, hey, I wanna be part of this company. I wanna take over this company. When you retire, I wanna buy this company when you retire. And he was all about it. You know, he knew, he had a good feeling and he was the one that, God rest his whole, God rest his soul. He was very crude, he was very ornery. Sometimes he was downright mean, um, but, he pushed me beyond my limits, which is pretty much what's gotten me to where I am today. And so I wanted to take over the company. I didn't want him to give it to me. I wanted to buy the company and I wanted to put in place some preparations and I just didn't want to feel like I was kill, literally killing myself for nothing. So I went to the family or I went to my grandmother and grandfather and I said, Hey, I'd like to buy this company a year from now. I'll be 18 years old. I'll be able to get my contractor's license. And they agreed to it. Yeah, but the family didn't. And I'm, I'm the step-grandson. I, I got to mention that I'm not biological. I'm the step-grandson. So the family didn't agree. And so I, I, I kind of gave everybody my one-year notice. And I said, uh, Inda, I'm going to give you guys a thousand percent of my life through the rest of the season of 1997 and all of 1998. But I absolutely will not be here in 1999. Everyone laughed at me, oh, ha, 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 what are you gonna do? You're not too bright, you know, you're not really good at anything. And I said, you know, honestly, I don't know what I'm gonna, I do not know what I'm gonna do, but I know it's not gonna be here. But through the season of 1998, you guys will get 100% of Scott, and that's all I can give you. So, as fate might have it, um, my grandfather gets sick in 1998, 
and passes the following year. His son, his youngest son took over the company. And right around that time, I started my company. And here we are, January 1st of 1999, and away I went. Next question, Shane. So what was your thought process to start this business without a business plan? Good question. So thought process of not, yeah, that's, um, <laughs> yeah, most young guys and most of us uh, that I would call professional technicians in the trade, all we know and all we think about is we're busting our rump to get this guy rich. Why don't we bust our rump to get ourselves rich? I can do this for, I can do this for myself. And so, yeah, you're right, Shane. I, I absolutely didn't have a business plan, but keep in mind, I was really good at what I did. I had contacts around, but there was no guarantee that any of those contacts were ever going to hire me. Uh, a lot of these guys, we live in a very small community uh, from Santa Barbara to Paso Robles. It is absolutely good old boy area. And there's no guarantee that anybody's going to hire me. And as a matter of fact, there was a lot of people that didn't want to hire me. And so I, I absolutely didn't have a business plan. All I knew is that I wanted to, I wanted to be in business for myself. I wanted to write my own paycheck. I didn't want to, I didn't want somebody else to be responsible for writing me a paycheck on Friday. I wanted that responsibility because I had been told my whole life since I was a little tyke that I would, couldn't do it, not too smart, not good enough. So I, I had this little man ego of, I got to prove the world. I have to prove the world wrong. And my wife gets on me about it all the time because I, I, here I am in my, my mid forties, practically in my mid forties. And I still have this attitude. I still have this cloud hanging over me. And I think that's what pushes me all the time, but I want to be better. I want to grow. I want to be better all the time. So at this point in my life, I wanted to be in business for myself. Um, knowing what I know now, probably not a great idea, but um, no, I'm just joking. No looking back on anything. But I knew the very base, I knew I had very limited credit, I had very little cash. And so what I did is I just pretty much, without a business plan, I just said, okay, what are the bare essentials I need to start? I need a truck. So I went down to Dodge and I bought a Dodge Dually. And I bought, I found a little tiny striping trailer that some guy used for like catering and barbecue that I altered, made it into a striping trailer. And I went to the uh, small business administration here locally and they gave me a $25,000 loan. I think it was about $25,000 loan. And I was in business. I, with that $25,000 loan, I bought the striping trailer. I bought two striping machines. I bought a, a brand new Titan Speedflow machine and a, a, a Diaphragm Hero uh, striping machine. Those of you old timers that are watching this show, you remember those old Diaphragm Heroes. Uh, great machines, but with the traffic paints they're making these days, they're very much obsolete, I think. I haven't heard of a Diaphragm striping machine in a long time. It's either usually uh, a Greco or uh, Titan Speedflow, which is we, I, my, my preference is a Speedflow machines. And so that's how I got started and financed a truck and got an SBA loan. How many people uh, did you start with on the crew? I, initially, it was just me. Literally, it was just me on the crew and I would just do, do whatever I could do. Striping, um, I got a bucket, snap lines, 
painted it. Um, I picked up a couple jobs where people needed red curb striped. I, I, I can stripe red curb all day by myself. I don't need help. I don't need help with that. Um, and yeah, so just me and a trailer and a truck. And then eventually you had an office staff. Uh, no. <laughs> I wouldn't quite say I had an office staff. Uh, office support. Office support. Yeah, I mean, I would say I would say uh, starting out in uh, business. Um, yeah, there was very little office support. It was me and myself, and uh, my my. Well, we weren't actually married at the time. My first wife, which is now my ex-wife. We started the company in 99 together, and then as the business got going, we ended, we eventually ended up getting married, and then we eventually ended up getting divorced. We had no children, so it kind of made things easy, and we remain friends to this day. Um, but uh, yeah, it was just she and I, and um, you know, the first question I asked was, okay, what are we gonna do for advertising? What are we gonna do for marketing? And, and you know, in between cycles of phone book ads, um, I was just out there putting out business cards and um, and I did estimating with QuickBooks. And now keep in mind, this is 1999. QuickBooks back then is not what it is today. QuickBooks today is a very, very, very sophisticated, sophisticated data system, database system. And back then it wasn't. It was very archaic. It was very complicated to use. And especially coming from a guy that's not very techno savvy or computer savvy it was it was quite hard for me i literally could not type on a computer and so to bust these quotes out i taught myself how to type um and uh so yeah there was zero literally zero office staff um i used quickbooks for estimating i used quickbooks for uh invoicing that was it now somebody might some of you guys might ask me well how did you pay bills or what did you do with that and uh, my ex, she just, she, she paid bills like a lot of us pay our bills. We just, we had a, she had like a shoebox and the bills went in the shoebox and as money got paid, as we got paid and monies came in, she would grab the box and see who was priority or which vendors would call and yell the loudest. That's who got paid. And there was really no systems. There was no, no accountants, no CPAs, no attorneys, no, <laughs> nothing. And uh, when you're at this stage in the business, who cares about the CPAs? Who cares about the lawyers? You'll, you'll take anything. You're only worried about doing the work at this point. And that's all I was worried. I wasn't even care. I didn't even care about getting paid on the jobs. I just wanted to do the work. And, um, but I had the utmost faith that if I did the work, I'd get paid. And I did. There was, it wasn't until many, many years down the road when I started making it, which we'll cover in other episodes, it wasn't until many, many years down the road where I got into bed with contractors and didn't pay me or didn't want to pay me. And then I still have to pay my material bills and the general contractors aren't going to pay me. And so that that's another episode, but stay tuned for that. Uh, next question, Shane. Is there anything you regret or wish you could have done differently in your first three years of business? Is this the last question? Uh, yes. Okay, last question. Yes. So last question and we're right on time. We're about 23 minutes in, perfect timing. So question is, what would I, what are, is there anything I regret or is there anything I would change in my, from my first three years in business? And looking back on, looking back on life and looking back on things, I have to say, yes, I lost a lot of money. I made, <laughs> I made a lot of mistakes. 
I made, I did stupid things. And if I told you guys, you viewers out there, if I told you half the stuff I did, you'd be like, Scott, I know better than that. Well, I told you, everyone told me I wasn't so bright growing up and I proved them right. While I was proving them wrong, I also was proving them right. And so there was, there, there is, was a lot of things. If I could go back and do it over again, I might do. However, I say this to all the newbie contractors that are out there or you newbie business owners getting into the asphalt business, getting into whatever business you want to get into, you have to make the mistakes. We have to make the mistakes. And there is a famous quote that Les Brown says that I absolutely love. And I live by this quote even to this day. The mistake, and this is from Les Brown, the mistakes we make is the tuition that we have to pay for what we don't know. Meaning, we have to make those mistakes. We have to screw up every once in a while. We have to make the mistakes. We have to mess up. And as somebody else said, I think it was Einstein, if you don't make any mistakes, you're not taking any chances. And Einstein went on to say, if you don't make any mistakes, you're not really living life. So I've come to, and, and the people now that work for me, I now drive them crazy because I still live by that. And I still make mistakes and I still push myself and I still do stupid things. But when I come out the other end, because I have the utmost faith that I am going to come out the other end and I continue to come out the other end, maybe someday my luck will run out. But as I come out the other end, I'm wiser, I'm smarter, and I look back and say, hey, I'm not going to do that again. So uh, yeah, so here we are. If we go to the three-year mark, we're roughly at 2002. And then I think uh, next episode, we're going to go roughly from 2002 to 2008, which is the what some people refer to as the financial holocaust of the United States, which really things got heated up and stay tuned for that episode. But in the meantime, guys, subscribing, thumbs up, whatever you guys do on podcasts, YouTube, I'm not really so concerned about that. I'm here to provide you guys a service. So comment, the comments are good, questions are great. That's what's really gonna fuel this. That's what's really gonna fuel this podcast and it's really gonna keep it going. I'm here for you guys. If you can take my mistakes and use it to your benefit so you guys don't make the same mistakes, so you can go on to making your own mistakes because that's the tuition you gotta pay for what you don't know, then I say you're gonna be much further ahead in a much shorter period of time than I was. And I wish you guys all the best of luck. From Ramsey's Rock and Roads, we're signing out.